The reading is from 2 Corinthians 8, uh, 1 through 7. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God, <clears throat> sorry, God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Thank you, Miriam. Well, good morning. Um, yeah, if we have our first slide up, um, I, I think I might have drawn the uh, short straw this morning. Um, I've got the task of speaking around the theme of, of giving. And um, I guess for some of you, you may be thinking, well, if I'd known it was all about giving this morning, I would have pulled the duvet up that little bit higher and uh, had a few extra minutes in bed. The church is always after our money. It's sending us on a guilt trip, always pleading poverty. So I guess I'd better be careful this morning. I might need to put on my hard hat and my flak jacket and uh, just hope that you're all in a good mood. Actually, I'm not feeling like that at all. It's a real privilege to talk on this particular theme. And I hope that we'll actually get excited about giving and stewardship this morning. Generosity is one of our core values as a church. And we have the most outrageously generous God. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Wow! And as we read those verses and continue in those verses, there's an ongoing list of some of the blessings that God has given us in Christ. And so when we approach the subject of giving or stewardship, we do so in the light of the extravagant generosity of God. All of our giving and all of our living is in response to that God, a response of love. And it's really important that we keep that in mind as we hear about Christchurch's finance this morning, a particular new way in which we can give to God's work. I guess Paul probably felt that he was walking on eggshells as he wrote to the Christians in Corinth all those years ago, and as he challenged them to a greater generosity. But he had seen an abundance of generosity from others. He'd personally benefited from it, and he was confident that giving and stewardship was a key discipleship issue. In our phraseology, 
It was part of learning to live the life. And so he bore testimony to the generosity of the Macedonian churches who had responded to an appeal on behalf of the church in Jerusalem. If they could do it, surely the Corinthians could do it too. Sometimes it's true, isn't it? We need the example of others to encourage us and to spur us on. So this morning I just want to draw out a few thoughts from the middle section of that passage in 2 Corinthians 8, verses 2 to 5. Verses really worth reflecting on. Profoundly challenging verses. And in a sense, as we hear them, we're holding up a mirror to our own lives and thinking about our own giving to God's work. So if we can have the next slide. What we see in these verses is an incredible generosity of spirit. These Macedonian believers who had given of themselves, they, they weren't rich, they weren't rich, privileged Christians, feeling a bit of sympathy for their poorer relations, a few denarii here and there, just to solve their consciences. In hearing of the need in Jerusalem, they gave out of overflowing joy and with rich generosity. They'd embraced all that Jesus had done for them, and out of their gratitude, they gave freely and generously. We've seen much of that here in recent times. Just look around. Look at this fantastically reordered church. That has only been made possible through the generosity of yourselves and others. Even the chairs you're sitting on this morning bear witness to the generosity of God's people. Every single one of them funded by people here and in our other congregations. Okay, we're not quite there yet. There's still some loans to repay. But what a legacy. What a legacy for those to come and what potential we're already beginning to see realised in serving the community and enhancing our worship and mission life here. Also in recent times, generous responses to appeals for the work of CAP and for other mission causes. A generosity of spirit. Also there was amongst this group of people, Paul speaks of, sacrificial giving. We're told that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. In the face of the need of others, they forgot about themselves and by a work of God's grace, they gave more than could be reasonably expected. They didn't see their giving as a, a membership fee or a subscription or some sort of tax, but as a generous response to a lavish God. Presumably this meant they had to cut back on other things because God had softened their hearts to see a greater need. And in this, we see that they were responsive to God's promptings. When Paul writes to the Corinthians, he's not demanding that they give. He's not telling them what to give. He's laying a need before them and encouraging them to respond in love. And their response was quite remarkable. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Do we see giving to the Lord's work as a privilege? 
That can only be so if we have a right sense of God's lavish generosity to us and a vision for his work. As part of this morning, uh, Deb Turpin, on behalf of the Giving for Life team, in a few moments, is going to share a little bit about the finances of Christchurch at this time. And um, the letter that hopefully received on the way in gives more details. It's both an update and an encouragement for us to reflect on our own giving and join in with a new way of giving to God's work. And as we listen to what Deb has to say, let's remember that giving to Christ's church is just that. It's giving to Christ's church, the mission of Christ's church. It's ultimately outward-looking, not inward-facing. It blesses the community and will bless generations to come. As our income is distributed in the parish share, which goes to the diocese, towards the central costs of the diocese, helps to fund other church communities, the training of clergy, etc. As our money is spent on our staff, concerned with the mission of the church, not just keeping the show on the road, but reaching out to adults, to children, to youth, to families, to the elderly. And then the way in which our giving funds mission and helps us to fulfill our vision to be disciples making disciples across the world through our mission agencies. All of it, all that we spend, all that we invest is a response to our generous God. And all of us are called to play a part. As I was preparing for this morning, I was really struck from a few words from Tom Wright's um, commentary in his Everyone series. And he's writing about how Paul might have felt as he was speaking to the Corinthian congregation as he was writing to them. He says this, It is a bold appeal. I have tried to imagine myself standing in front of the congregation and saying something like this, and I confess I find it difficult. But Paul knows, and those who have the God-given task of raising funds for the work of the gospel should never forget it, that what counts is not whipping up human sympathy for a project, nor making people feel guilty that they have money which others need, nor yet encouraging them to gain social prestige by letting it be known that they have given generously. What counts is a work of grace in the hearts and lives of ordinary people. Paul has seen this spectacularly in Macedonia, and now he declares that he wants to see it in Corinth as well. Wouldn't he like to see it in the 21st century church too? That phrase in the middle really struck me. What counts is a work of grace in the hearts and lives of ordinary people. There may be a number of different responses as we hear and read about the finances of church this morning. I just ask you to bring all of those responses to God that he might do a work of grace in you and that you might discern what he is saying to you. So, Deb, if you'd like to uh, come up. Deb's part of the Giving for Life team, which oversees, on behalf of the PCC, um, the finances of Christ Church. There's a team of six or seven of us. Uh, Dave Tooby is here as part of that team. Uh, others are uh, Jamie Padden, our honorary treasurer, and uh, Sally Bartram, 
as well. And uh, Sally, our bookkeeper. And who have I forgotten? Dave Green. Dave Green, who sadly can't be with us this morning. Okay. Good morning. Uh, Firstly, just to say a huge thank you to all of you who give so generously to our um, general fund. Without your generosity and willingness to give, our church would not be where it is today. So we just really want to say thank you for that. Um, We are, however, increasingly falling short of the essential funds needed to sustain the operations of running our church and its mission. The 21st century church is now a complex organisation with costs and structures akin to that of a small business. It costs approximately £500 a day to fund our mission. This figure includes our mission tithes, parish share, staff salaries, insurances, utility bills and general running costs. At the end of 2018, our general fund had a a deficit of approximately £11,000. This financial year, we need to start repaying loans taken out for the Building for Life project. And with an income already running at a deficit and limited reserves to draw on, we need to urgently address our income levels. The Giving for Life team are working on ways to increase our general fund income. We now have this wonderful space and the garden room, which are generating fresh income and are actively promoting, and we are actively promoting the hire of these spaces. Additionally, we want to ask you to prayerfully consider your individual giving to the general fund. We currently have nearly 140 individuals or couples within our planned giving schemes, but this doesn't reflect our full congregation size. To help us to plan for finances, we would like to encourage more of you to join our planned giving, so together we can help sustain our church finances and enable us to fund the exciting opportunities which lie ahead of us. If you are already part of our planned giving and donate to the general fund via a standing order or by our envelope scheme, we are now asking you to consider a new planned giving scheme. This is called the Parish Giving Scheme, or PGS. The Parish Giving Scheme has been developed by the Diocese of Gloucester and has been ruled out across the country in 21 dioceses and over 1,600 parishes. It is a fully regulated direct debit giving scheme. There are major benefits to our church in using this scheme. All the administration costs of the scheme are paid for by the diocese and our banking processes and administration duties will be reduced. The scheme includes the automatic claim of gift aid from HMRC on any of our applicable gifts. This service will significantly reduce the work for our gift aid secretary. Churches who are using the parish scheme typically see a 20% increase 
in planned giving. Within this scheme, there is a built-in option to enable you to review your giving annually in line with inflation. It is easy to forget to review our giving. Each year, the value of money reduces due to inflation, meaning the following year, with the same money, we can't do as much. The parish giving scheme gives you the option to automatically keep your gift in line with inflation. Our PCC has recently approved the parish giving scheme as our preferred way of giving based on the many benefits for our church. So how does the scheme work? A direct debit is set up using the forms provided and you are notified by PGS as to when the first payment will be taken from your bank account. You have complete control of your giving and can contact PGS to increase or decrease your gift at any time. If you opt for an inflationary increase, they will notify you a month in advance of the revised monthly figure, therefore allowing you to choose again whether or not you want to increase your gift. PGS automatically claims any eligible gift aid and our church will receive this directly into our bank account. This significantly reduces our admin responsibilities and time spent on this. To find out more, the Parish Giving Scheme has a website and there are also leaflets given out in the packs you've received this morning. There's also leaflets at the back of the church. Although this is our preferred way of plan giving because of the benefits for our church, we will of course honour other ways of giving for those of you who do not feel comfortable in switching to the scheme. We would, however, urge you to talk to us with any reservations that you have. We really hope you want to join the new planned giving scheme so we can continue the good work of our church, local community, and in supporting mission across the world. We welcome all of you to consider your giving at this time in response to your expression of your gratitude to God and the commitment to his church. Please do not hold back on completing the forms. All your gift amounts are confidential and of equal value. Please take up the opportunity to come and ask us questions after the service. We will be in the garden room um, if you are happy to sign up, please complete the forms and return the envelopes in the offering plates on Thursday or next Sunday. Alternatively, you can post the forms direct to PGS. If you are currently giving by standing order, don't cancel this until PGS notify you that your payment has been set up. Thank you for listening. This has been a lot of information. Um, but we really appreciate your shared commitment to resourcing God's church for the future. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. We're really grateful to Deb and for the whole team who um, invest in this part of our church life. And there was quite a lot of information there. Um, most of that information is in the pack that you will have been given, including some more figures. Do take that away and reflect on that. 
and do respond. This is an important time in the life of the church as we move forward. And we're excited about what God is doing and will continue to do, but we obviously need to resource that work. And every gift matters. Okay, there were figures on the screen that mentioned that the average amount given through planned giving is £75 a month. We're not saying we expect everyone to give £75 a month. That's just indicative so that people are aware. If someone's giving £2 a month, that is of value, if that is what God has prompted them to give. So this is not about inducing guilt or anything like that. It's just presenting to you some of the needs, some of the situations, and giving you an opportunity to respond. And the PCC and the Giving for Life team themselves uh, were the first to be told about this and to buy into this, and they've all responded by uh, reviewing their own giving and signing up for this scheme. There is opportunity to talk to us afterwards. We'll be in the garden room for about five minutes after the service. Do come and talk to us then or grab one of us through the next uh, week or so. If you're able to respond fairly quickly, then put your envelope in the collection on Thursday morning if you're here or at one of the services next Sunday. But uh, do ask us, do talk to us with any questions. And I'm just struck by that final verse of the passage that we read where Paul says to those in Corinth, since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. It's about our discipleship. It's about resourcing God's church, God's work in our world. Let's just pause for a few moments as we ask God to speak into our own lives in response to this. A reminder of Tom Wright's words, what counts is a work of grace in the hearts and lives of ordinary people. So Lord, we pray that you would prompt us as individuals, as couples, as families, as we respond to your generosity in the ways appropriate for us. Soften our hearts that we might hear your Spirit's voice. In Jesus' name, amen.